guys, welcome to our podcast. We are Legalese, a podcast bringing you truth, power, and awareness. I'm your host, Toria. And I'm Amari. And we're here to give you a very, very disturbing case. <laughs> disturbing but interesting case. Um, Tim McLean, the Tim McLean case. I don't know if you guys know about it, but you'll know about it by that in this podcast. So we have some hot topics for the day. Um, you want to start us off? Yeah. So, Gorilla Glue Girl update. Um, she got the glue out of her hair. She went to California and got the procedure done for free. About time. And she's good to go now. So, she doesn't have to worry about having Gorilla Glue stuck in her hair anymore. So, that's good. That's crazy. She, I think I saw a picture with her after like she got yeah. the thing with her hair done. It looked good. It looked I'm like, nice. glad. She now she knows not to put that in her hair anymore. Anymore. Finally. Yeah. And then we had the Trump trial, and Ooh. he was acquitted. Um, so yeah, that's that. I'm not say <laughs> Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. <laughs> that's what I expected in America. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, Texas. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for them. Same. This is it's so random. It it's is. like we know climate change is happening, but we didn't think it was going to be this extensive or intense. I didn't think snow would cause people to not have power mm. in Texas. Cause at least in other states, like Southern states, like sure there could be a dusting of snow when everything is closed. Like the schools are closed, you know, roads are closed because- Love black eyes. Yeah, because people aren't used to having that type of weather, whether it's just a dusting or if it's several inches. But the fact that people are without power, they're like freezing in their homes, their food is spoiling. Like I saw videos of uh, the ceilings like collapsing, yes, like flooding all over the floor, pipes bursting in apartments. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like there needs to be better like infrastructure for apartments and like houses. It, it doesn't make sense. Like yeah, I feel so bad for them. It's weird because it genuinely seems like they weren't ready for any of this based on how everything's going, and um. The fact that I didn't know until this happened that Texas is on their own power grid. Yeah. That was like eye opening for me because I was like, wait, Texas. I, I know Texas is like one of the biggest states, but it's on its own power yeah. grid. So it's like West Coast, East Coast, and then it's the Texas. Texas, right? <laughs> our own power grid. And I saw that people were saying, like, well, Texas always wanted to be their own state. They always wanted to be their own country and secede from the yeah. US. Well, there you have it, oh <laughs> right? Like, and it's this harsh reality of what What are you going to do when your first option fails you, you know? Yeah, you like, always have to have a plan B. Exactly. And why don't they have that? And the, apparently like, the power companies are willingly like shutting off power, which doesn't make sense. And they're not helping. I don't, I don't think that's personally helping in my case. But why would you turn off power yeah. like on purpose? Like it's not like, oh, you know, that we had a freeze and something happened with our systems. It's not like, oh, someone hacked us. It's you willfully turned off power for your citizens. I feel like pay it's you. a money problem. It's, it's not, definitely a money thing. Yeah. And they want to raise prices for electricity paying, too. People have to pay $10,000 bills now. Are electricity you bills. <laughs> That's a lot. A month, like just because they have no power, like they've been hacking, like hiking up the prices up for it. I don't think that like the in a time of need, the raising of prices should be the last thing people. They go don't for. care. Those rich people don't care. 
<laughs> That's basically what it is. However, um, Beto shined in this Texas uh, situation debacle. Um, he helped so many people get um, connected with resources, um, mm. whether it's shelter, food, um, clothing, home, you know. That's been really good. People were praising him for that. Whereas the governor, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, is he the yes. governor? Or he, yeah, he's yeah, the he governor. is the governor. Or people one of the senators upset. or something. People were upset about him, and he was trending for a while. They're like, "Please vote this man out of office." Like, apparently, they caught him trying to go on vacation to Cancun, yeah, Mexico. <laughs> in Mexico. During all of this, I'm like, your citizens are literally in need right now and you want to go on vacation? They're dying. People like, have died because of this. Yeah. I feel like he wasn't being, how you say, thoughtful when he was doing that. Like, I, it was just like, oh, oh, well, like I have this trip. Let me go take it. Like there's people, millions of people without food and water. And here you are going to Mexico. Did you see his, his, uh. He was questioned when he was going there. And they were like, oh, he said, oh, my daughters wanted to go to Mexico and get uh, some sun. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And? And like, why don't you tell end. them what's going on? Like, just because they're not living in that situation doesn't mean that other people aren't. Because they're rich and they don't have those issues. <laughs> so it is what it is. Well, but he came back. He was supposed to come Saturday, come back Saturday. But he decided to come <laughs> <laughs> he decided to come back the next day after he was ridiculed. Oh, gosh. Oh, and Beyonce. She also paired up with Adidas for her Icy Park release. And she's planning on releasing aid to the victims in Texas. So basically. Yeah. Up to one. Dependent. Yeah, it goes up like up to $1,000. So that's really good. And then Joel Olstein, he uh, decided to open up his church because he didn't really yeah because he didn't do that when there was a hurricane did he, they bully him into t- yes <laughs> they did they did they had to bully joel into doing that because i extensively remember him saying i'm not letting anyone come into my place or come into my you know sanctuary you know i don't think it's surprising that he has a change of heart now and is willing to let people or give people aid and shelter because they need it. And you know, when I think of churches, I think of this. Yeah. They're supposed to be doing this. Yeah. The rehabilitation, just providing resources for others in need. Like that's the church way. So I'm exactly. glad that he's doing it this time around. Finally. Um, something good. Ooh, Naomi is? Osaka, she won the Australian um open. Yes. And that was really cool. Love to see it. I'm not into tennis, but I follow the I follow the girls, the important girls. Her, <laughs> Serena, Serena and Venus. Yeah. And I'm happy for her. Congrats to that. Um, it's also Rihanna's birthday, so happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday, Rihanna. It's a national holiday right now. <laughs> and um today is the anniversary of the trip that was made. Um, around the globe oh. by one of our U.S. people, one of those spacemen. His last name is Glenn. Don't really care. He's an astronaut, went over the world. He's not important in the story. The important person is the mathematician, Katherine Johnson, who is a black woman, who basically calculated how to orbit the, the Earth. Oh, wow. <laughs> and helped him with that whole mission. And this is actually depicted in the movie Hidden Figures. So her and other, uh, several other black women helped get this man across 
the earth. Right in Black History Month. Right in Black History Month. <laughs> we love so, to see it. Perfect. Love to see it. Um, so, in other news, in the UK, the Supreme Court has ruled Uber drivers as workers instead of independent contractors, which many are upset about because they can't necessarily set their own wages or schedule. And this effect would basically change how much a driver would make and how many drivers Uber allows on its app. So hopefully that gets overturned because I know people aren't really happy about it. And Uber, their motto has been known to like, you know, set your own schedule, have your own, have your own autonomy over what you do and like self-sufficiency type stuff like that. So you're your own boss. Yeah, basically. So for them to make this switch, it just doesn't seem right. So hopefully, you know, people get their concerns heard and it gets overturned. And it doesn't come to America. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't come over here. Um, also, apparently the life expectancy has dropped by a full year. And the deaths from COVID are a main factor of this, which it's not a good thing to hear because life expectancy is low as it is now. Um, so basically... Demographic-wise, Black Americans and Hispanic Americans have the lowest life expectancy in the country, with Black Americans currently at 72 years of life expectancy and Hispanic Americans at 79. And according to NPR, more than 488,000 people have died from COVID-19, and many of them being minorities. So, Surprise. Yeah, I'm not surprised. There's a lot of factors that tie into that reasoning wise. But the fact that the life expectancy is just dropping, it's like, no, we needed to get to rise a little bit. We're in a pandemic. True. We're in a panorama. We're in a panini. (laughs) Panasonic. (laughs) So it's not going to end for a while. Life expectancy is going to drop. So unfortunately. Unfortunately. That is really sad. But in more positive news. (laughs) <laughs> the Duke and Duchess are expecting their second child. So congratulations, Prince Harry and Meghan. Duchess Meghan. So I'm happy for him. And we love welcoming life. Yeah. So it's always a I'm good thing. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Good for them. So. That was it. That was everything for our Hot Topics. We'll be right back. So guys, now we're going to talk about the, t- the Tim McLean case. Um, just... A little forewarning. <laughs> Have a strong stomach because it gets pretty vile. And disturbing. It's a disturbing case, but it's not that bad. It's, it's just disturbing. <laughs> it's just disturbing in the facts of it. So who is Tim McLean? Tim was born on October 3rd, 1985 in British Columbia. Um, and he mainly grew up outside of Winnipeg in Manitoba, Canada. And growing up there... Tim was known to be eager to interact with others and he made friends very easily. And he's a very out- adventurous and outgoing type of guy. Um, in his late teens, Tim got a job at a carnival from his friend Tiffany and would normally take the Greyhound to get to his job. Um, the carny that he was a part of was known for having a community where basically they would group workers and they would travel together to go from different places, which is mainly what carnivals do. They travel to different locations. Um, And he thought that was the best occupation for him at the time because he liked to get around and travel. Um, He wanted to move to Winnipeg with his dad and stepmom and was basically at this time planning to move 
to prepare for the move there. So, okay. So a little backstory on Vincent Lee. So Vincent Lee was born in Dangdong, China on April 30th in 1968. In 1992, Lee graduated from the University of Wuhan Institute of Technology with a Bachelor's of Science in Computers. From 1999 to 1998, Lee worked in Beijing as a computer software engineer, and Lee immigrated to Winnipeg, Canada with his wife on June 11, 2001. While in Canada, Vincent and his wife worked low-paying jobs such as store assistants and at a church. Tim worked and was baptized as a part of Christianity at the Grant Memorial Church. In 2004, Anna, Vincent's wife, noticed that he stopped eating. Um, he was expressing like different types of varying moods. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, he also increased his arguments with her. And this is very important. So the... Because of these negative negative experiences, paired with language barriers from moving to a different country, uh, harmful behaviors, and financial strain, resulted in Vincent and his wife having marital issues, which eventually ended in separation. In 2005, Vincent briefly visited Toronto. However, he heard a voice saying that he needs to go back to Winnipeg. In the process of doing this, he was taken to a health center by police and was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but he refused to take his meds. In Canada, <laughs> their laws are different from various countries. And mm -hmm. so in Canada, they, they have a law where they can't enforce patients to take their medications. That's crazy. And he was instead reprimanded to be admitted by, by a doctor into a facility for 14 days. However, Vincent breached his stay and left at 10 days. Really? And he could not be like reproached. Like he could not go. They can't force him yeah, back, force into, him back it. into it. That is wow. So it's basically just like a whatever happens, happens within the laws in Canada. I, that I never knew that. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so more on schizophrenia, the mental illness in general. It basically is comprised of disorganized thinking, moods and behaviors incongruent with situations, delusions, hallucinations, loss of reality, and narratives of persecution and paranoia, which I don't know about you, but that sounds really intense for it someone does. to go through. Yeah, especially on Medicaid. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Oh, my gosh. So schizophrenia is a very common brain disorder, which causes people to abnormally interpret their sense of reality. So some of the symptoms of schizophrenia can be social isolation, compulsive behavior, self-harm, amnesia, belief that thoughts aren't their own, memory loss, anxiety, detachment, hallucination, rapid speaking, fatigue, amongst many others. And that's, that's a lot of symptoms that someone can go through. Some of the many causes scientifically, um, they kind of haven't found any one cause to schizophrenia, but a family history of mental disorders and environmental factors and such as drug use can be, you know, little causes of this. Yeah. So that's something that Vincent had, like it wasn't really discussed in 
his family because Asian cultures and especially like minorities, they don't really speak about or mental health. It's about mental health. It's, yeah. oh, you know, uncle so-and-so, you know how he is, just be aware or, you know, auntie XYZ or, you know, your sister's acting like this. It's, you know, they push it under the rug. Yeah, and so it's there, not really yeah. discussed, but he did have this in his family. Which is crazy. I wish it were mental health would talk more about and if there were more modes of treatment and trying to get that person help instead of like hiding and suppressing it. Cause I feel like yeah. it just makes it worse, you know? I agree. So some early signs, um, early symptoms in teenagers include withdrawal from friends and family and lack of motivation. And as you said earlier, his wife said that he that. stopped eating and was really detached. Um, Trouble sleeping, depressed moods, worsening academic performance, and irritability, among others. So those are some of those signs. And the treatment, it it depends. It, it varies. varies. It does vary. Um, depending on the unique case, a combination of antipsychotic drugs and other means of therapy might be used to, you know, treat schizophrenia. But it, like I said, it varies. Um, so on to the day of. Yes. So what happened the day of the incident and what caused us to even be here reporting this case to you guys right now? So on July 30th, 2008, Tim McLean, um, he went to, he was returning home basically after working in Edmonton, Canada, and he departed Edmonton using the Greyhound bus. Yes. Around the same time, a day or so prior, uh, Vincent heard a voice in his head that he believed was God that warned him about evil people. Um, he said, the voice said that his life was in danger and that people would kill him. So, more specifically, aliens. Like, <laughs> he definitely had emphasis on. I have to get rid of these aliens. Yes. <laughs> and so Vincent took a Greyhound to Eric Erickson, Canada, and God told him to stay in Erickson. So he sat on a bench and stayed that whole night on that bench. Oh, my and he sold his laptop to this kid nearby, mm -hmm. and he was trying to sell it for $600, ended up selling it for $60. And so while he was in Erickson waiting for that lovely Greyhound bus 1170 to arrive, that's what he was doing. And so once the bus came, stopped at Erickson, he went on the bus along with other passengers and he sat in the back where uh, Tim was sitting. Yeah. And so, but before that, he proceeded to sit in the front of the bus mm -hmm. before he even yeah. got closer to Tim. And he smoked a cigarette. And whenever they got to a rest stop, um, once they got back on board from the rest stop, Lee decided to sit next to Tim, closer to the back of the bus. I don't know what made him want to do that, mm -hmm. but that happened. Tim was giving him those alien vibes, and <laughs> he, he was like, "Let me sit next to this young man." And so, to have as Tim is, you know, he's very friendly. So he was, you know, he did a quick. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then he went back to listening to his music. Yeah, he thought nothing of it. And he proceeded to fall asleep next to this guy. That how, that's how, I guess, comfortable and friendly Tim was. Exactly. And so, so Tim fell asleep. And the bus was dark. They were playing the movie's Masked 
uh, Zorro on the bus. And in that moment, for whatever reason, allegedly, God told Vincent to kill Tim. And in his words, Vincent stated that he needed to put the body as far away as possible or the body will come back to life. So he did what he was told. Not even minutes later, Lee began to stab poor Tim McLean in the neck. And it was more than once. Lee was repeatedly stabbed. Repeatedly. I think it wasn't it more than 60 times. I, I mean, possibly. I would not be surprised. And so he was stabbing him. But not only was he doing that, he was doing some other stuff. What was he doing? So he ended up stabbing him more than 60 times. And after the driver began to stop the bus, Lee continued and proceeded to cut Tim's head off, like completely dismember his body. And when other passengers tried to help Lee, tried to help Lee chase them off the bus with the knife that he still had in his hand. Um, after that occurred, Lee then took Tim's dismembered head, proceeded to the front of the bus, showed it to the passengers that were outside of the bus. Just, I know they were terrified Horrified. of what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrified but what was going on. But he was doing more than that. What, was he, what else was he, he doing? Well, after he dropped the uh, head in front of the bus, or I guess it was before that, he ate the tongue and part of Tim's heart. Like he was, he started to eat his body. He ate eat his, eye. he cut out his eyes and started eating that. Like you said, he took out his heart. He ate like a third of the, his heart. Oh my gosh. And ate his tongue, start hacking off pieces of the body parts as he was chopping up the body and was eating it. And this happened in such a short amount of time. No, it wasn't. It lasted a long time. It, well, the people outside oh, the nice. bus were just like, oh my God. Going on. The starting of the stabbing was short, but the like the duration of him beginning the stab to him when he was being captured was hours. I just horrified. I just know and I feel for everyone that was on that bus at that time because I knew they it was like a fight or flight type moment. Oh, like, yeah. do I save myself or do I try to help oh, this guy this person, you know, get better? So the authorities later arrived. <laughs> Lee was trapped. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> they did. They arrived a little later, and somehow the bus driver was able to like dismantle or disable the mm -hmm. bus, so Lee couldn't try to get into the fashion or the driver's seat and drive away if he tried to. Um, so the bus did. The bus driver did that. The the authorities arrived, and Lee was trapped in the bus, and later tried to escape the back window, where he was tased and apprehended. So. so we have a voice recording from the police officers and what they called him. So they called him Badger. So just hear this when, just hear this little bit of this. Asian male, short dark hair, black t-shirt, armed with a knife right now. Badger is armed with a knife and a pair of scissors and he's defiling the body at the front of the bus as we speak. That's crazy. They literally are going through like, they're like, Badger is hacking off pieces of the body. Badger looks like this. Badger's doing X, Y, Z. 
Like, that's wild. I guess that was their John Doe because they didn't know who he was at that moment. Yeah. But uh, I... And so here's a little... We also have a recording of one of the uh, witnesses. And this is what they said happened. Listen to this. I was just reading a book. All of a sudden I heard a guy screaming. I turned around and the guy sitting right next beside me was standing up and stabbing another guy with a big a Rambo knife, pretty much. It was a big survival knife like this in the throat. Repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Uh, told everybody to get off the bus. Everybody started to get off the bus. Uh, the guy stepped, kill ste- or still kept stabbing him, stabbing him. Uh, everybody got off the bus. Me and a trucker that had stopped and the Greyhound driver uh, ran up to the door to, to maybe see if the, the guy was still alive or we could help or something like that. And when we all got up, we seen that the guy was cutting off the guy's head. Uh, he was cutting off the guy's head there. And he saw us. He, he came back to the front of the bus, told the driver to shut the door. Uh, he pressed the button and the door shut, but it didn't shut in time. And the guy was able to get his knife out and take a swipe at us. So we backed off the door and uh, I ran around the backside of the bus. The bus driver took off and then we both returned to the front to see what had happened. And he, he hadn't gotten off the bus. The door was still open. Uh, we shut the bus door that time and shut it. Uh, it was at that point that he came, started walking to the front of the bus, and he had a, the, the head in his hand, and he just looked at us like this, and then dropped it on the ground, like, totally calm. Um, the three of us had uh, weapons from the, the, truck, the trucker's truck there, and we just stayed outside while he tried to get out the door, uh, telling him, no, stay put, stay put, stay there, don't, don't try to come out. Uh, he tried to get the bus working. Uh, and the bus driver disabled the bus somehow in the back. I'm not sure how he did it. Uh, so at that point, I think the police showed up and uh, kicked us off. So that you hear that happening. And <laughs> I just from hearing the witnesses account, I can only imagine the trauma that they went through. And I guess I appreciate the fact that some of them actually stayed there and try to like get weapons and fight and try to save Tim or do whatever they could at that moment, you know? Oh, definitely. Cause uh, I can only imagine that happening like split second. <laughs> and then you just got to think, Oh, what do I do next? What do I do next? Like this guy is literally murdering someone in the back of a bus. What do I do? I feel like it wasn't even this person's murdering this person. It's like, how do we stop him from because doing what he's doing? At, the, okay. at that point, everyone's off the bus, you know, like everyone's safe. Technically yeah. it's just, he is just violating this body <laughs> like beyond normal, I guess, violation. Like, it's not like, Oh, he stabbed him and it's done. It's he's stabbing, he's eating, he's ripping this person apart. Like he's, you know, dismantling this person. I, I think they want to stop that. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, why would you do this? No sane person would do this. Yeah. And that's basically the basis of this case. No sane person would do this. So after the, like we, like you said, the cops were there, K9 negotiators were there and it took them four hours. They didn't tase him. They didn't shoot him. They didn't yell at him. They didn't give him like gas. What is it? Like the gas stuff. They didn't do none of that stuff. None of it. Granted, it's in Canada, so maybe that's probably why. why yeah. But they did nothing. They just waited it out, 
until he tried to escape. Until he tried to stay, escape at one o'clock in the morning, the next day. Oh my god! And then took it. I wonder what made them wait so long. I don't. Question. Same question. I feel like if you have that much manpower, yeah. Why? Why not charge it? Charge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's not like he can take all of you guys down. You know what I mean? It's only one man and a knife. <laughs> like I'd rather why not just tase him? Like yeah. you just tase him several times. Like why I don't get it. I agree. But again, it's Canada. Probably they have different rules Lots that we don't have. Yeah, because you think it would be a sheer fire, like he's guilty, he did this crime, he's gonna do the time. However, Canada's law is very they have very specific requirements when it comes to mentally ill perpetrators. So, due to his schizophrenia, this is like the court ruling, the <laughs> judge ruled that he wasn't really accountable for what he did, so he was sentenced to a high-security psychiatric ward to be yeah. treated for his mental illness. So, I guess in this case people didn't realize that in this case he didn't have a mens rea because of his mental illness yeah and if you guys didn't know mens rea means guilty mind and it's the intention or knowledge of wrongdoing that constitutes part of a crime as opposed to the action or conduct of the accused so in this case lee didn't really have a guilty conscience because he wasn't of sound mind because he was mentally ill and suffered from schizophrenia. According to the court. According to the court. Said. Yeah, according to the court. So what was his punishment? So his punishment was eight years in a psychiatric ward. And after, <laughs> would you like to say what happened after? Because I am still baffled. So after, <laughs> after, after eight years, he changed his name to... Let's see. To Will Baker? Yes, he changed his name to Will Baker. In 2016 and had a petition that was granted for him to just be a free man. And according beginning in 2017, he was a free man and he currently lives in Manitoba. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. Apparently he wasn't deemed a threat to society anymore and was released and started his own career and started his life as a free man. Like <laughs> you can imagine a mentally ill person committing these heinous crimes. And then now they're just released. They're free. They subjected to change their names. And it was just like a done deal. So we're going to come right back and talk about our thoughts about this case. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, now that we reached the end of the case, here's some parting question, discussion questions. So do you guys think there should be criminal repercussions for someone who is mentally ill committing a crime? So what's what's your take on this? I have a very different stance than you. <laughs> I <but> my... <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear but it. But it's not for the reasons you think. I don't agree with vincent doing these acts mm -hmm. right however i do want to give different perspectives on what's going on okay okay so um first 
if a person is not in the correct state of mind or they're experiencing a different reality that is not what we are normally experiencing, right? I don't think that they should be guilty of like criminal repercussions, like actual jail time, like, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever. And here's why. Vincent did not, for example, in Vincent's case, he did not intentionally go out to seek and harm other people. He didn't think, oh, I'm gonna plan on this day, you know, Monday at two o'clock, I'm just gonna go and do this killing and that's gonna be it and I'm gonna get my vengeance out. It was not that case. He's been untreated for years. He, whether it be he wasn't able to get his medication um, because it was too expensive, whether it was his cultural upbringing, those are things to consider. Some people think that they can pray it away. Some people think that they can drink enough medics, herbal medications or naturally get rid of these uh, mental disorders. Mm -hmm. So I just want to put that out there, that there are other reasons why he may not have been treated, um, other factors where he may not have been treated, which has caused him to be in this reality and not in the current, correct or healthy uh reality or mindset okay. compared to someone who says, um, however, if the person's like mentally ill, but they have an excuse to be rude, like let's say a person has depression and they just treat their, uh, you know, their boss and they just treat their workers horribly, you know, you can't blame mistreatment on your depression. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you're intentionally being mean and rude yeah or someone who has bipolar disorder being abusive um you can have bipolar disorder and not be an abused person right like these things that abusing someone is intentional it is active you know and that's not the case with vincent so i do not think that he should suffer criminal repercussions in this case however for people who do have mental disorders and are intentionally harming they do need to suffer criminal repercussions and another thing that i do want to bring up is the treatment um a lot of people were saying especially you too and the family members and people when they heard the verdict of him just going to regular treatment and just walking free mm -hmm. treatment goes different ways if the goal of jail, if the goal of prison is to rehabilitate someone so they can be a better, uh, healthier, productive citizen in society, why are we mad at the treatment mechanism or the form of treatment that they are receiving to help them be a better part of society? If, you know, it's a regular murderer, right? Both crimes are commit, right? One is deemed actual murder. That was intentional. Another one was due to mental illness. They, he served his eight years. He got his medication. He got his treatment. He had his therapist. He had whatever testings and things that he had to do. He served his time. And he, according to the doctors, said that he was perfectly fine. If a person did a regular murder, they get the same five, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, and they serve their time. They should be able to walk free and live their life without the whole pressure and persecution and shame of their actions. Do I agree that he did this? Do I agree that other people have done these things? No. Do I think that they should be judged and harshly ridiculed? No. But they did their time. This is what the law said. 
was acceptable time. They got their treatment. Be free in society. Do I would I trust myself with them? No, <laughs> no. I'm saying, but they did their time. Yeah. And if they if it's deemed that he is fit enough to be in society, then he's fit enough to be in society. Okay. Okay. How about you? It's a nice stance. I hear what you're saying here. But definitely hear what you're saying. I just have a different approach to the situation because I'm like, you know, I don't know. It, it just hearing the verdict off that, it just didn't initially sit right with me. Even when I sat down and thought, okay, maybe this, maybe that, it just didn't initially sit right with me. So I feel as if once a per- that person is treated for their mental illness and is now considered to be a sane person, there should be some type of like temporary punishment, maybe one or two years in an actual prison or mainly regarding this case to be another solution. Um, since he was released and no longer deemed a threat to society. And once he's on his meds, he should be subjected to probation where there's an official like constantly checking in on his mental stability and making sure he's taking his meds. So an incident like this, does not occur again, like never occur again at that. So I just feel like there should be parameters around this whole release thing. Like, yes, he's treated, he's better. I just feel like there should be check-ins to make sure like he doesn't do this again. He doesn't get off his meds or stray away or, you know, thank God wants him to kill aliens again. Like I just wouldn't (laughs) want that to happen to another person. I wouldn't want another Tim McLean incident to happen again because, you know, of his release. So that was just my other perspective on it. I do want to bring something up though, that did come from this. That's good. I guess kind of supports your stance. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim's mom, Carol, she basically like petitioned for this law It's called Tim's law and was created to prevent mentally ill people who commit crimes from being released. Mm. So that I mean, that goes with what you wanted, you know? Instead of their treatment, they do get punished for their crime. Yeah. Not to, yeah. After the fact, after being treated, like, released eventually, not just, like, kept, you know, for life and stuff, because I already don't believe in life-term sentences for any type of criminal conviction. So, but I understand where she's coming from, and so... I agree with the law. Yeah. And a quick aftermath we didn't discuss, but um, what is that? I'm sorry. Um, the witnesses who saw this, mm-hmm. they had PTSD. Some were suicidal. Were traumatic, yeah. Some um, had like other mental disorders that came from it, like alcoholism. They had uh, depression, et cetera. And so they tried to sue Greyhound. They tried to sue Canada. They, yeah, none crazy. of that worked. <laughs> none of that worked. Um, but that was it. However, Tim apparently had a secret son or a son that popped up. What? Yes. I did not know that. And his mother, Carol, has custody of the son. And oh. the baby mom, I'm sorry, the baby mama, she hasn't seen her kids since 2018 because her and Carol had a dispute. Oh, wow. But yeah, that's the story of Tim McLean and Vincent Lee. Yes, that is, wow. It was a very interesting case. But also, let us know you guys' thoughts and perspectives of basically, should there be criminal repercussions for someone who is mentally ill for committing a crime? So feel free to 
leave a comment under our Instagram. You know, we will respond. Our Instagram is legalese, so legal underscore ESE. And feel free to follow and comment with your perspective. Also, our song of the week. I'm excited because this, <laughs> this is one of my favorite artists. His name is Mac Ayers, and the song of the week is called Every Time. It's from his new is his new album, basically. I recommend listening to the album. Mac Ayers is a very chill, feel-good type artist. So I would definitely recommend him to anyone. Like he's a really good artist. So that's our song of the week. And if you liked us and want to hear more, you can find our podcast on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. So we'll see you guys and talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for speaking our language. <laughs>